Why do we sing? You ever thought about that? Why we come to church and sing every morning? I think that the song service is equally important to anything that the preacher might say up here. And we're going to explore why we sing today. Um, First reason is we sing because Scripture commands it. Psalm 31, or I'm sorry, Psalm 33, 1 to 4. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in righteousness. We sing because Scripture tells us to sing, commands us to sing. It's right there in black and white. You can find a hundred different passages that tells us to come together and sing. But why? Why does God want us to sing? Is God a music fan? Does he just like to hear us sing? Are we just here to entertain him? No, not at all. All of God's instructions, all of God's commandments are there for our good. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. All of God's commands, including the one to sing, is for our own good. So how is coming together to sing something for our good. We sing because Scripture commands it, but we sing also to encourage one another and teach one another. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We sing to encourage one another. We sing to instruct one another. Um, We're not just singing to God. We're singing to one another as well. We're singing to lift one another up, to get the word of God into one another, into ourselves. How does singing teach? Why do we use singing to teach? You remember when you were in first grade or maybe kindergarten? How did you learn your ABCs? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. We all know that, don't we? Fifty-three years ago, I learned that song, and I still know it by heart. Singing is a great teaching tool. In Deuteronomy 31, 19, God's about to take Moses home to be with him and leave the people alone. And God tells Moses, I'm going to give you this song and I want you to teach it to the people because when they get into the land, they're going to be drawn away by all these other gods. 
and you're going to have this song that you're going to teach them so that they're going to remember what I have done for them when they go astray. It's another reason God commands us to sing is so that we will remember what he has done for us. The church has been singing together since the beginning. Since Moses, since Matthew and Paul and Peter. Long before the invention of the printing press, this book was reserved for the rich, reserved for the wealthy, because most people couldn't afford any kind of book. A lot of people in Europe, especially, couldn't read. The church used music to teach church doctrine to the congregation so that when they left the church on Sunday, they had these songs in their head, these songs that were rich in teaching in biblical truth. We all remember the ABC songs. We all remember that favorite song we had as a teenager. We all remember TV commercial jingles from the 60s and 70s. Music teaches in a way that stays with us for a lifetime. I asked Rick to to add Amazing Grace to the mix this morning. I love that song. I love that song. That song was written in... 1779, and here over 200 years later, most of us know it by heart. We've sung it in our churches throughout the centuries. I have known that song since I was a child, and that song is the gospel. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Most of us know that by heart. Probably all of us here know that by heart. That's the gospel. And it stays with us. Music has a way of getting God's truth deep inside our hearts and our minds like nothing else can. God just wired us that way. And I praise him and thank him for it. Because I love music. You don't have to be a great singer either to come here and, and praise and worship. Uh, my wife gave me permission to share this. My wife cannot carry a tune in a bucket. When we first started going to church together, she would not sing. She stood beside me in silence. But then... As the months and the years passed, she would start mouthing the words. And then she started singing a little louder. And now, bless her heart, she makes a joyful noise unto the Lord. And it's something that's really precious to me to hear. Because I know God's doing something in her heart. He's got his word and his truth into her. And she's not ashamed to let it out. And I love to hear her sing. Music also connects us as a body, connects us to one another, makes us family. I was in um, Guatemala 
many years ago on a missions trip. I was working um, in our medical supply warehouse in Guatemala. I was there all by myself except for a Guatemalan helper. He could barely speak English. I could barely speak Spanish. And as the days went by, I started feeling alone, cut off, disconnected, alienated. Wednesday morning rolled around, Wednesday morning rolled around, and I asked him, I said, when we get off work tonight, would you take me to your church? And he looked a little puzzled, and he, thinking, you know, I can't translate for him. He can't understand what's being said. Why does he want to go to my church? But when evening rolled around, he said, yeah, let's go. So we went to his church, and uh, I didn't know what to expect. But we sat down near the back, and the music started. And I thought, wait a minute. I recognize this music. I know this song. And I just started to belt out this song in English. People looked at me like, is this guy speaking in tongues? And then we realized we were all singing the same song. They were singing in Spanish. I was singing in English. And I thought, this must be what heaven sounds like. I was no longer disconnected, alienated, alone. I was with my church family, and we were having church. Revelations 7, 9, and 10 says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That was what I felt like in that little Guatemalan church. It was, it was precious. We had church. We come here to participate in the worship of our God. We could stay home. We could watch church on TV. There's lots of great churches that broadcast and live on TV. We can search the internet. We could find the best sacred music in the world. We could find the best Bible teachers from anywhere around the country. But that would not be church. That would not be the fellowship of the saints. We need to come together We need to witness to one another with our presence and with our songs and with our praise. That's what makes us church. That's what makes us family. Coming here and lifting up our voices together and not just attending church, but participating in church. That's what church is. We sing because Scripture commands it. We sing to encourage one another. And we sing to testify. Psalm 66, 16. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. When we sing, we're telling one another and we're telling God what he has done for us. Years ago, there was a little campground up in Anderson County in the Owners of the campground was trying to get a motorcycle rally started. And uh, I went. 
And there was drinking, there was drugs, there was vulgarity. All kinds of wicked things. Um, loud music late, late, late into the night. And when I would curl up in my sleeping bag around midnight or so, I really didn't want to imagine what was going on. I don't want to speculate on it. And in the morning, everybody's hungover. Some still drunk. And I, for the most part, was the only Christian witness there year after year after year. Occasionally, some other Christians would show up. But most, most rallies, I was the only Christian witness there. And I'll never forget the first, the very first rally. The organizer came to me and said, uh, Sunday morning, do you want to... Uh, Say a few words? I said, yeah. So I went up on stage. They gave me the microphone, and I'm, thought, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And I just belted out a couple of verses of amazing grace. And then I closed with a prayer for everybody there, for their safety as they went home, and that the Lord would bless them. The next year, when I went back to that same rally, People started coming up to me. Hey, Preacher Bruce. All of a sudden, I was Preacher Bruce. You going to sing for us Sunday? You going to pray for us? I said, of course I will. A year had passed, and they remembered a couple of verses of Amazing Grace and a prayer that Preacher Bruce had said for them, and they wanted more. So Sunday morning, come, I did the same thing bunch of half-drunk, hungover bikers listening to me pray for them and sing Amazing Grace. Now that rally went on for a few years and the owner was struggling to make a profit and finally it became, it just wasn't financially feasible for him to carry on. So he had to shut it down. I never preached a sermon I never prayed the sinner's prayer with anybody. I never heard anybody's confession of faith. But I gave them the gospel in that simple message that John Newton wrote over 200 years ago. And I prayed for him. Did it have any kind of effect? I think it did. Because on the last at the last rally, after the rally had closed down, this was going to be the last one. Nobody was coming back next year. They said, we want you to have this. And they gave me this trophy. 2011, Gray Wolf Campground, Preacher Bruce, for faithful service. They had this made specially for me. It's the only... Trophy I ever took back from Gray Wolf Campground. Although I went for years and entered contest and entered my bike in the bike show. But this trophy is the best thing they could have given me. Because this trophy tells me that I had an impact. I 
I never saw anybody come to saving faith. But, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And I'm just praying that there's an Apollos out there watering those seeds that I planted. That song, Amazing Grace, that John Newton wrote, is such a powerful transmission of the gospel. Let's look at it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. was blind, but now I see. That's my testimony. That's your testimony. That was John Newton's testimony. That's every Christian's testimony. God, by his grace, comes to us and finds us and opens our eyes. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. The grace of God coming to us, opening our eyes, teaching us to fear God and then relieving that fear. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. God has brought us all through many trials and pitfalls in our lives. I don't think Any of us could stand up and say, I've never struggled. I've never been in any kind of danger or fear. God's grace has been with us every step of the way. Even before we knew him, his grace was reaching out to us. That's the gospel. That is the good news. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. As long as as we walk this earth, he will be with us. He will be our portion, our supply. He will provide for us. He will be our shield, our protector. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Yea, when this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. We need not fear death even. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. That is the good news. That is the gospel. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. God called me to be with him forever. That's the good news. That's the gospel. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And that's why we sing these songs. That's why these songs are so important. That's why the song service is just as important as the preaching service. We sing to encourage one another. We sing to teach one another. 
We sing to get the gospel into our hearts and into our mind. And we sing so that we can take that gospel out into the highways and the byways to the people who need it so desperately. So come, Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for the gift of music. And we pray, Lord, that you will inhabit our praises and that we will be faithful witnesses of your grace and your truth. Amen.